Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? Beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast, which this week comes live from my monthly show at the BFI Southbank MK3D. Coming up on this show, you'll be hearing from Leo Bill, one of the stars of In Fabric, the bizarre new film by Peter Strickland, which frankly defies categorization, was described by one critic as an episode of Are You Being Served as directed by Dario Argento. Before that, we'll speak to Sanjeev Bhaskar, one of the stars of the new movie Yesterday, written by Richard Curtis and directed by Danny Boyle. So sit back, relax, and enjoy MK3D here on the Kermit on Film podcast. I think for the first time ever, I was slightly... Was it right? I felt, it felt late. Usually I come on, I wander, I do a little bit of that, I do there, and I go there, and I turn the thing on. Hello, everybody. How are we? Okay, we have got a... a a packed show. Um, how many of you have been here before? Everyone? Anyone who hasn't? You'll figure it out. It's all very straightforward. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a fantastic show. I want to crack straight on. Last time we did the beginning of the show, um, I did this thing, which we always had the thing about, you know, emailing questions or uh, sending questions in on Twitter. And then last, last week, we didn't, last time we did it, we didn't do that. We said, let's just freestyle it. Let's just do, anyone got any questions, stick your hands up. Which I, I'll be honest with you, I've been terrified about doing. Um, and it only took three years to get up the nerve to do it. But it was fine. So we'll do it again. Bear in mind, if it goes badly, I'll stop doing it, okay? <laughs> Anybody got any questions at all within reason, put your hand up and I'll come to you. Otherwise, I'll move straight on. Yes, there. You're really keen. Hang on, we're gonna, we'll run a mic for now. And now I'm worried. <clears throat> Hello, don't Hello. be worried, please. Um, <laughs> worried is what I do. Oh, same here. I work, in, I work as a PA, so yeah. Go oh, well, the there territory. we go. Fine, yes. <laughs> I was just thinking, with the fact that it's London Pride um, this coming weekend, yes. what movies would you say best celebrate the element of pride in all its shapes and forms? Well, is it a really a soft answer to say that I think pride is just... <laughs> because... I, rem- I remember when, when, when Pride came out, and I vaguely have, have a memory of actually that campaign stuff, because in the early, in the 80s, I was in Manchester smashing the state and being part of the revolution. As part of the Revolutionary Communist Group supporters group, we weren't a member, the RCG didn't speak to the RCP, didn't speak to Socialist Action, not Socialist Organiser. There was an old thing about, you can always tell what a left-wing group did by their name, which was Socialist Action are inactive, Socialist Organiser are disorganised, and um, Socialist Worker aren't. Um, 
And so we were involved in some of those moments. And I just loved Pride. And the best thing about it was, not only was it a wonderful movie that anybody could watch, but that in, in America, when it was released on DVD, they attempted to sell it to an unsuspecting public by taking any mention of it being a, a, a gay-themed film off the front cover. So it was just, it was just called Pride, and it just had a picture of the union banner. So they'd removed the, the lesbians and gays support the minors. It just said, support the minors. And I just had this lovely vision of an American, you know, southern American couple who like, you know, going out and, you know, getting a, you know, oh, look, yeah, it's about minors, it's great, and putting it on, yeah, you know, so... <laughs> But yeah, so I would say pride, because I just, I think it's, you know, it's wonderful. Uh, anyone else, since that went so well? Yes, there at the back. Um, Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, for heaven's sake, Rocket Man. Uh, and why? But was there more? And why? Why? It's a better film. Um, <laughs> very simply, because Rocket Man is a proper musical, Bohemian Rhapsody, I really enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody, much more so than I thought I was going to, but Rocket Man is a proper musical. And it's, I, I think Dexter Fletcher walks on water, and Dexter Fletcher directed Rocket Man, whereas he just saved Bohemian Rhapsody. And also, I th I, who knew Tyron Egerton was that brilliant? I mean, I thought it was astonishing, and I think Stephen Graham, Stephen Graham has my favourite line of any film this year, which is the bit when he's, he's, he's Dick James, the head of Dick James Music, and uh, Elton John comes in with Bernie Taupin, and they play your song. And Stephen Graham knows it's a hit. He goes, oh, I'm going to get a massage. And that's now become my go-to phrase. <laughs> shall we risk it and do one more, or shall I quit while I'm ahead? Toy Story. That's, that's written on the sheet. I'm doing that. Do this is my producer, literally shout, heckling me. For you don't heckle the act, Header. It's your show. But since you have done now, how many of you have seen Toy Story 4? Okay. So, how many of you were worried that it was going to let the side down? And how many of you thought it was great? Yes! Great, okay. <laughs> Just out of interest, anyone who didn't think it was great? Is, there, is that a hand at the... No, it's not. So, that, is that a, that's a full, everyone thought it was great? Where? <laughs> Get a microphone down to the gentleman here. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is my There are exits there and there. <laughs> Go on. I, I, I liked it a lot, yeah. but it was just... It, uh, I saw a tweet, someone did a tweet the other, other, uh, earlier today saying it felt like they'd done to, uh, what Scrubs had done. Scrubs was a perfect series and they did a weird ninth season. This felt like a weird additional movie. Um, I, I, see, I laughed. The, the, the stuff with Kim Peel. Yeah. made it feel yeah, so yeah. much better. Yes. But I just feel the, the, the trilogy was perfect. Okay, but your verdict is it's like the ninth season of Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. See, I shared your... I, I mean, I was worried, and in fact, I did think for the first 20 minutes it was treading water. And then when Forky happened, it's like, okay, fine. And then when Bo happens, suddenly it's off again. And I was really, really... And I came out afterwards, and Anthony Lane from uh, The New Yorker was there, and we were having a kind of one, of... one of those weird discussions that I have with Anthony Lane when I pretend I'm not completely starstruck by walking down the street with him, and, which I am, because I think he's a brilliant writer. And we, and, and we were both... Sort of doing the was it okay was it okay was it okay I think once it gets going I think it's brilliant and I was so relieved that it was but I think it is an addendum I don't think it's a quadrilogy I think it's a trilogy with with a one at the end of it 
Would we agree with that? But good, yeah? Great, fine. So I won that argument. That's brilliant. Okay. So uh, moving on to here's the thing, stuff that's happened since we were last together. Um, as you would have seen from the newspapers, Franco Zeffirelli died. Um, I wanted to play a clip. I mean, we could have played something from Jesus of Nazareth or Taming of the Shrew, but I wanted to play a clip from Romeo and Juliet, and I had forgotten what the music to Romeo and Juliet was. And then we played the clip and I remembered. So it's okay, so I'm gonna play a clip from Romeo and Juliet because it's an absolutely brilliant film. It is a brilliant film. You just have to get over the fact that it's the music of our tune, which for people of a certain age will mean a lot. Okay, so Franco Zeffirelli and our tune. While my prayers affect, I take. Thus, from my lips, by thine, my sin is purged. Then have my lips a sin that they have took? Sin from my lips? Oh, trespass sweetly urged. Give me my sin again. <laughs> And then they both died. <laughs> that, that joke is aimed at a very specific sector of the audience. So, <laughs> um, Also, uh, coming up, um, have any of you seen uh, Good Omens? Yeah, okay. Uh, you'll know that the most important thing about Good Omens is uh, that A, it's fabulous, and uh, B, it has a brilliant soundtrack by David Arnold. Have I mentioned this already? I'm on the Good Omens soundtrack. <laughs> should we try that again and should we have more of a reaction to it? <laughs> I'm on the Good Omens soundtrack. David uh, Arnold, who was doing the, doing the music for it, he tweeted, he tweeted a picture of a chromatic harmonica and he said, I've got half an hour to learn this, otherwise it's not in the, in the, in the program. And somebody said, oh, ask Kermode, he can play it. And uh, we know about my history with chromatics. And so I, he got to, he said, can you do this? I went, yeah, it'd be fine. How hard could it be? I don't know. And he sent me a thing and it was quite difficult. And uh, anyway, got away with it. It's 10 bars, short clip. Want to hear it? Okay, now, one thing I have to explain. At some point during it, people start talking, okay? There's like plot and actors, okay? Concentrate on the harmonica, kids, because that's where the action is, all right? Here we go. In a handful of moments, the missiles will fly. The forces of heaven and hell will attack. And everything depends on one small boy. Silence holds the bubble of the world in its grip. I think it's time to get our first guest up. As you'll know, uh, yesterday uh, opens on Friday. Here it is on the cover of our much-loved Film Stories magazine. Please welcome to the stage from yesterday, Sanjeev Baskar! <laughs> Sanju, I love being able to say, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's very nice to hear that, because I don't hear that often. 
as a phrase. You, you were the second person uh, on the show to, to, to choose a guilty pleasure film, and you chose an Elvis movie. Do you remember what it was? I, d- I chose a couple, actually, which you very generously allowed me. It was Viva Las Vegas and Flaming Star. Flaming Star was the one I was thinking yeah. of. Don Siegel. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you know Tom Hanks is going to play Colonel Tom Parker in a new film? Of is he? No, he I is. didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. Top tip. You heard it here. I just think the idea of Tom Hanks doing Colonel Tom Parker is a brilliant idea. It's. I mean, it leaves... It will leave me very conflicted because... Because we love Tom Hanks, but we don't love yeah, Tom Parker. of the two Toms, there's one we like, and the other Tom, not so much. It's fine, because Colonel Tom Parker was neither a Colonel nor a Tom, nor indeed a Parker. <laughs> this was he? Is, he was, you know, indeed, that's right. Was Cornelius Van Hoek. That's right, yeah, from uh, an illegal uh, Dutch immigrant. Exactly. Now, uh, mm. Sanjeev, uh, yesterday, I will play the, the, the trailer in a minute, but I think, as everybody must know, the premise of the film is our hero uh, is the only person on Earth to remember the songs of the Beatles. And it's uh, written by Richard Curtis, whose films I love, and it's directed by Danny Boyle, whose films I love, and you have a major role in it. So, And I saw it the other day, and I was relieved to be able to say, I just laughed and cried my way through the whole Not thing. Not as relieved as I am to hear you say that. <laughs> Did you, was, there, was there any part of you that, that thought it wouldn't... I wouldn't go with it? No, you never know. The thing is that there's always a difficulty with whimsy, you know, in whichever form you do it. Whimsy is always very difficult to sell, and I think that, you know, as an actor, it's it's a no-brainer. If you've got uh, Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle as the two names thrown at you, it's like, you know, those two names together, you just say yes to whatever it is they're doing and then think about what they're doing afterwards. And I think that would be the same for just about any director or, or writer. Did you do uh, the thing when anybody, anybody said Danny Boyle? Did you go, oh, Danny Boyle? It's, it's di- really difficult not to. Yeah, I did is. it in my head, <laughs> but it's really difficult not to. Um, so, yeah, it was a no... I was just thinking, because, you know, anybody... Uh, Steven Spielberg and Richard Curtis collaborated on Warhorse, and you just go, that's a really interesting combination. And I, I was trying to think earlier on, actually, the only time that I've, that's thrown me, that combination, not a film that I worked in, and maybe a, a guilty pleasure, was someone said William Goldman and Lawrence Kasdan. You would just go, yes, and then it's Dreamcatcher. And then you go, oh, oh, ah. So it doesn't always work, um, but um, in this case it did, yeah. Shall we watch the trailer for yesterday? Yes. And then, and then, and then we're going to watch a clip with you in it. I'm going to watch the trailer first just to go. Is that okay. Right? Okay, fine. Give me a go. We need you to come to LA. I'm offering you money and fame. Hello, Mr. Sheeran. Love your work, man. Especially the rapping. Oh, really? No, I'm only kidding. Uh, leave it to the brothers. That'd be my advice. Hey, June. You're leaving, so I can ask you anything. How did I get in the friend column instead of the and I love her column? Jack Mallet, we're a superstar! We could have been the perfect match, but now you're the world's greatest songwriter. I'm not. Except that you probably are. It is my honour now to open this door for the moment the entire world has been waiting for. Nah, wrong door. Is it just you writing the songs? Yes. But is it? I I don't know. I've been a fool twice over. Perhaps love isn't all you need. But it's pretty damn close. With the song, I do have a suggestion. Hey, dude. Hey, dude, are you sure? Hey, dude. He's right. That's better. Now... The thing is, um, uh, that, that trailer's fabulous and everything, but it, it, the, the best scene in the film, I hear that you wrote. Ah, oh, that's stretching it a bit. I, there, there is a line that I, I did improvise. A scene? 
Well, a line becomes a scene. Yes, if a, li if a line twere a scene, <laughs> then indeed uh, twere I. Um, so you play the father of uh, the young man who... Jack Malik, who's the main uh, protagonist yeah. in the film, Mira. Uh, my wife plays uh, his mum. And uh, in fact, we, there was a snippet of the line there, actually, which was um, when he's trying to play uh, Let It Be to Us. And uh, in my audition... Uh, I said, what was the name of that song? Le leave It Be? Leave Him Be? And so Leave It Be ended up in the film. But Mira's got the line. <laughs> and she's my wife. So this leads to a particularly awkward domestic situation. <laughs> because now Danny Boyle believes that Mira came up with it originally. And I'm kind of stuck. So thank you for this platform. That's right. <laughs> Good night. I'm off. Um, can I suggest that we, we watch the, the thing in question and we decide for ourselves whether we think that line was written by you or by Mira? You mean let the public decide? Yeah, I think let the public decide. That's how everything's done now. It is, apparently indeed. it is, OK? Forget the Tory leadership, please. And <laughs> which one of these disasters would you like? Less? Anyway, so, uh, let's have a look and decide for ourselves. OK. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Sorry, love, I'll get it. Mm. Good start, though. Very pretty. It's Terry! Oh. Terry! Hey, yeah. Terry! Hey. Jack's just playing us a new song. Oh, what's this one called? Uh, Leave It Be. Let It Be. Oh, excellent. Well, rock on, Jack. When I find myself in times of trouble... Would you like a drink, Terry? Dad. Well, I'd already heard that bit. Yeah, I'll get a beer, please, Jed. Excellent. Carry on, Jacko. I'll be back. Hurry it up, darling. You're losing the crowd. Okay. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes. Hello, love. I'm just at uh, Jed and Sheila's house listening to Jack's new song, Let Him Be. Let It Be. Let It Be. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back when it's over, all right? All right, carry on broadcasting, young man. Maybe start after the first bit. I've heard it three times. Christ, this is Let It Be! You're the first people on earth to hear this song! Oh, that'll be Marge. Oh, she oh, said she was going to come round to us. Oh, yeah. Well, that went well. Oh, that's good Thank coffee. Good. <laughs> Simple public vote by applause. Do we think Mira wrote it? <laughs> or do we think Sanjeev wrote it? I'd like to announce my candidate uh, for <laughs> leader of the Conservative Party. Yes! Please! So, look, was... Get off my laptop! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I just... Someone tweeted that. <laughs> um... I, I mean, I loved it, and I, I, I really enjoyed the film. Was it as much f fun to make? Because I, you know, I always have this thing that I'm sure that actually, you know, films that are really enjoyable to watch are really hard work to make. But it must be, you know, Richard Curtis, you know, Mira, was, it looks like you had a good time. It, it was enormous fun, actually. And, the, the, you know, for somebody like me who's kind of fascinated um, in uh, filmmaking generally and always has been, to watch Danny Boyle on set was extraordinary because uh, he, I mean, he is... Uh, you know, he's a real live wire energy sort of dynamo. And what was really interesting was in scenes with a lot of extras, and you could see in the tra trailer, one of the scenes has the largest number of extras 
uh, I think, uh, ever in this country, wow. uh, which was 6,500, which was on Galston Beach, which was the shot of the hotel where Jack sings. Um, he sings live, by the way, throughout the whole uh, film. Um, was that uh, uh, Danny Boyle just attends to everyone. So even in little scenes, he would come in and he would talk to the main actors and then you know, he would talk to uh, the supporting artists. He'd always have something to say. And so everyone felt acknowledged, which was wonderful, and also very open. So open to ideas, open to kind of um, you know, uh, nuances and anything. You know, he would consider it, and that's amazing. Did you and Mira go home at the end of days going... Yeah, we did. I mean, there was that. I mean, that day uh, that that we shot that particular scene. The house scenes were uh, generally, as you do, you shoot in one location, yeah. and uh, we spent uh, two or three days there. And one of the days was with Ed Sheeran, and and we both did look at each other and go, "This is," just, and we get paid for this. You know, it's it is genuinely that old cliche, but it, each day watching simply for me, I went in on days when I wasn't in just to watch Danny work, and I've done that before with. Um, People like Terry Gilliam, I just got, I'm just interested to see how they work and how they, uh, um, you know, manage a set. And it was always fascinating and always interesting. And you know, by the time I think I said to you beforehand that when we at the premiere was last Tuesday, and uh, when the film finished, Mira and I, the first thing uh, we turned to each other and we went, "Thank God we survived the cut," <laughs> because you just don't know. And also, having seen the original script. There are, you know, lots of scenes that have been cut. Well, you know, there is that very famous occasion when Christopher Lee turned up for the premiere of <laughs> Return of the King, and he told everybody on the red carpet, I have the most important line in the film, and he's not in it. No, then nobody could say anything to him because he could bite them. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are hardest working man in show business, as we know. Um, you're in Good Omens. We are in we good. Are in good uh, omens. We are in yes. good omens. We are lovely in good. to work with you. It's it is. It was a pleasure. Yes. It was marvellous. They did say to me the one choice they gave me of the one scene I did. They said we've got this wonderful harmonica track, and I just said no. Uh, <laughs> but apart from, I said it'll just come over all the talking. Yeah. Uh, so they shifted it to another scene. Yeah, you didn't want to be sort of in, intruding on that. No, people would just be listening to the harmonica. And horrible histories. Yeah, I've got I've got cameo in the in the horrible histories film, which is coming out in a couple of weeks, which uh, which again I haven't seen. Oh, me neither yet. Uh, um, I, okay, now I'm worried again. Um, <laughs> do you don't really worry, do you? Do you? Yeah, you do. Do you know what? It's a weird one because, you know, I'm, I'm quite active on Twitter and I'm quite thick-skinned because, to be quite honest, somebody asked me um, not that long ago, they said, well, how do you deal with not getting a job sometimes, you know, you, a job that you really want? And I said, well, you know, you can be disappointed, but I said, I never dreamt you know, even by the age of 30, that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And when I think about, you know, the extraordinary experiences I've had and the people I've met, and, you know, even this evening, guests this evening, it's blown my mind. It, it's, I'm, I'm never too far from grateful. Yeah. So the thing is, I can't pay back to this uh, business what it's given to me already. So in that sense, I don't worry about uh, individuals, uh, you know, people are entitled to their opinions and stuff. Except you. <laughs> but that's, cause, that's kind of because you know me, isn't it? We, we... Well, yeah, it is. That doesn't make it any easier, though, does it? <laughs> no, but, but also, you know, there have been things that you've been in that I haven't been particularly fond of. And, and I we... wept. No, you didn't. I didn't weep. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, listen, you're, you are on completely home territory with, uh, with yesterday, because I, I, I loved it. I, you know, and I kind of... 
I was I was nervous beforehand because I thought, like you say, the stars have lined up with this. It's all the people that I like, and so what happens when you know suddenly they make something? That, but no, it was it was really terrific. Congratulations, and I look forward to taking another holiday so that you can stand in on the radio show that we now co-present <laughs> together. And it was lovely to work with you on Good Omens. I think that's been a real a real boost to both of us. A careers. highlight for me. Yesterday's out on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, Sanjeev Bhaskar. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, I'm going to show you a trailer for one of the strangest films you are ever going to see, and I guarantee you are going to see it. This is the trailer. You know Peter Strickland, whose work I love, Catelyn Varga, Barbarian Sound Studio, um, uh, <coughs> Duke of Burgundy. He has a new film out called In Fabric. We'll be hearing from one of the uh, actors in In Fabric in a moment because I'd rather somebody else attempted to explain it to you. Here's the trailer. You who wear me will know me. What's that supposed to mean? It's just a cheap bit of mystery. I think something's wrong with that dress. Don't tell me you're scared of a dress. The dog ripped it to pieces. It's fine, spanking you almost. Such a pretty dress. Anything nice in the sales? Just a dress. From In Fabric, please welcome Leo Bill. <laughs> Leo, hello. Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Thank you. Again, at the risk of sort of sounding like... See, I'm a huge Peter Strickland fan. I loved In Fabric. It is the most Peter Strickland film I have ever seen. And I don't think the trailer does any job of explaining what it's about. We're going to see a, a scene in a moment 
in which you are basically reciting the manual of how to fix a washing machine as a sort of ancient talismanic curse. Is that fair enough? Pretty standard, yeah, 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 that's what I do. So how would you, how would you describe the film? Uh, so the film, uh, I guess, so I guess the film, <laughs> so the film is about uh, a cursed dress and uh, in a sort of strange um, sort of shopping centre in Croydon, or uh, Reading, uh, there are these people that work there and there's something kind of weirdly sort of mystical and strange going on with the people that work there. And there is a dress that they sell there that is in catalogues. And um, that dress um, comes into people's lives and um, ruins them. And your character is? Uh, I'm uh, Reg Speaks, um, who um, ends up at, at some point with the dress uh, via a stag do. Um, <clears throat> your mates get you drunk and tell you to put the dress and on. They, the, yeah, and mysteriously, it fits whomever should put it on. It's it perfect. It's a size 36 or something. I which think I, it's a 36. But it doesn't matter what, what, you know, what size you are, it's the perfect size. Yeah, and I was not a 36 in this <laughs> film. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then that comes, so then that comes into uh, my life and, and uh, my characters and, and Hayley Squire's character. Hayley Squire's has been here on MK3D a couple of times and it's fantastic to see her in a Peter Strickland film. Yeah, and in fact, I, I heard the podcast where she tried to describe the film as well. Um. <laughs> You're doing about as well as she did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to show the, the, the scene in which you, you come back to the house in which she's had the dress and she's put it in the washing machine mm -hmm. and the washing machine has basically become almost demonically possessed. Yeah. But your character, there is something about your characters, your character fixes washing machines, but it, it, that's, that's, it is much more than that. It's kind of like a, it's like an incantatory quality to fixing washing machines. Yes? <laughs> okay, yes. let's see the clip. Remember, okay, Play the clip. <laughs> Think we need a new one? Hopefully not. Let's see. Yeah. What was wrong with it? Basket drive went bananas. Basket drive? Yeah, the basket drive just went bananas. The spin tube bearings are knackered. I tried to check the clutch surface for any damage and found that the rivets were rubbing up against the clutch pulley. There's also the possibility that the drain hose is kinked. But I can put that into writing for you after a more thorough inspection. The clutch plate is no longer a plate and the switch striker is neither switching nor striking. If I can get to the wigwag solenoid, there's a chance I can find out why the washer didn't drain. The block pump isn't helping matters, and the agitator leaves me at a loss. I can also see that the wigwag terminals are not where they're supposed to be, which leads me to the conclusion that this washing machine is dysfunctional. I, d I don't think um, it's ever going to be in a double bill with yesterday. <laughs> so just run me through this again. The wigwag terminal is what is that? Is that what you're saying? Is it actually real? Yeah. So the word. I mean, technically, the words are real. I mean, for anybody that sees that film that knows anything about the inner workings of a washing machine, um, I'm sorry, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure Peter is sorry too. But he he, he lifted a, a load. Of, he he found a sort of a, a manual. And um, 
I think I think this is right. Uh, basically, like picked words from it that were good, um, <laughs> and that he liked, and then sort of put them together in these mad long speeches that were basically just impossible to learn. Like it was mad, it was madness. And it, the, I went from I, I was saying earlier. I think I think in that scene, I I I, I drew. I had to draw. I, I know nothing about washing machines, and because of the nature of the film, did no research. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so I drew my own imaginary design of what a wash, the inner workings of a washing machine on the basis of those words. And in that washing machine, while I'm doing it, it's funny watching it, I can totally see that I'm just staring at this design because it was the only way I could learn it would be if I saw that the wigwag went into the thing, into the, you know... Whatever. It was madness. So could you come around and fix my washing machine? Now? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> did, did Peter explain to you in any way what the film was about? Or was it just that he gave you the script and said, you know? No, when, when, we, first, um, when we first met, I mean, in, in the most Peter Strickland way, we were, he was in Hungary. He lives in Hungary. Yeah. Um, we Skyped, and we were going to video Skype, obviously. Um, but the video didn't work. So we could only do audio, of course. Um, so we just had this like conversation for like an hour and a half where he talked to me about growing up and growing up in, 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 uh, in Reading and, and, um, and being a kid in these stores with these uh, people and this sort of uh, discovering yourself sort of like sexually via um, the, these, these women, these, these older women that were working in, in these shops. And we start, and I was saying to him about that um, we used, I, I grew up in sort of the Midlands and uh, we used to, my mum would take me shopping in Birmingham and we would go to the CNA. And I was saying to him, like, oh, yeah, the CNA was always, we'd get to the CNA, and I'm like, I've got my stuff now, so I kind of, like, don't really care. And, but we have to go to CNA because my mum wants to, like, look around stuff. And I would just sit in a chair while she was trying stuff on. And these, these women in sort of high heels and things were these, like, incredibly sort of dominant... Ma, like, it was, and there was something, like... Yeah, I guess like, maybe it's sexual or whatever. But these sort of dominant women and we were talking about that loads and 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 and, and then uh, he said I'd like to fix my washing machine <laughs> yeah but but and, and you know Peter doesn't and Peter doesn't talk talk about the film at all in in a sort of a, a sexual way but there was something about Peter in answer to the question Peter talked about the idea of something about the film is something about him and him growing up and him on his relationship to women to his mum to 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 to, to women, full stop. Um, and uh, we sort of both shared sort of similar experiences on that. So he kind of gave me that. Washing machine stuff was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll just try and learn that. <laughs> but, um, one of the things that's going to be difficult about it is reviewing it because uh, it's, it's very hard to kind of explain. And, you know, in a way, you just want to say, you know Peter Strickland? It's like a Peter Strickland film. Um, I uh, invited Peter to come on a program Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I was doing about film music, and I said, could you bring with you some of your favorite film music? And he literally brought with him about an hour of industrial noise. It yeah, was yeah. like, you know, this is a sound of a drill going through concrete. <laughs> You know, and 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 here's a here's another great hit. It's somebody sawing wood, and 
<laughs> Peter has Peter did Peter has uh, sent me emails before and said, "Hey, hey man, I just um, hope you're well. I just thought you might like maybe get a kick out of this, and and it would be like 20 minutes of just like machinery." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh wow, amazing! <laughs> I love it." <laughs> so, but on set, everyone seems to get on well with you. What's it, what's it like being oh, directed it's, by it's, him? It's so great, and like Haley and I had like such a good time, and he's such a he's such a um, he's such a beautiful, lovely, sensitive man, um, and uh, and and just his attention to detail is just insane. There's 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 a we have a, a sex scene in it, Haley and I. Um, and like everyone wants to get that over with, and you sort of want to get that done. And, and I remember one point we were like, "Look, you know, all we'd say is like, once you call turnover, like let's let's just get on with it. Like, don't let's not stop." And um, <laughs> went to it, and they call turnover, and instantly he's just there. He's suddenly in the scene, and all he wants to do is just move this bird cage by like half an inch. <laughs> and we're like sort of like lying on top of each other, just like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of it, but it's amazing. I, I mean, I, but personally, I mean, I, I'm a, it was a huge fan of his films um, prior, and um, to, 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 you know, sometimes there's people I've worked with that I'm like, wow, I get to work with this person, and sometimes, sometimes you're a little bit disappointed, and, yeah. and, and, and to, to work... Um, to work with him and go, wow, this guy, I, I, I think he's a kind of a genius. I think. I, I think he is. What did you think when you saw the finished film? Was it what you'd expected? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, we, we did all just say, like, we, 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 to some extent, we had no idea what it was going to be at all. And, but I, I think what's most interesting about the film is just that the structure itself is so interesting. It's sort of like, it's not just sort of beginning, middle, end. The, 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 the rhythm of the whole film and is is I just think is so interesting and strange. And it has a brilliant soundtrack by Cavern of Antimatter, who I, I immediately rushed out and downloaded it, partly on the fact because they were called Cavern of Antimatter, which I think is one of the best band names since Russians eat Bambi. And uh, <laughs> but the whole film is a kind of a sensory overload experience, and I think it, that's it. You know, you have to just you have to give yourself over to it. Yeah, and it's I, I think it's really funny. It is very funny. Yeah. I think it's really funny, and you, you sort of. Yeah, you you kind of depending on the kind of the movies and films that you're into, like yeah, you have to to some extent maybe in some cases leave some stuff at the, leave some baggage at the door and go okay cool I'm just gonna like get this. I said um, a colleague of mine said it's like Dario Argento directing an episode of Are You Being Served? Yeah, <laughs> when, when, when we when we were filming, particularly like particularly the mine and Haley stuff, and also because like Marianne is, you know obviously did Secrets and Lies, and I've worked with Mike. Lee a number of times and and uh, and, and they, uh, uh, who else? Oh, maybe no one else. Um, and we were saying, yeah, it's like at times it felt when we were filming it like a horror film had infiltrated a Mike Lee movie. <laughs> it sort of felt like a lot of the time, or, or sort of a horror film had infiltrated a sort of a cliche of a Mike Lee movie or something. Well, look, it opens on Friday, and uh, as I said, if you're a Peter Strickland fan, go along and see it, because it is the most Peter Strickland you're ever going to see. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I really hope the film is a hit, because you, I think man. it Thank deserves an audience. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Thanks so much. Cheers, man. So there we are. That's the first half of this month's MK3D show. In the second half, coming up on a future show, you'll be hearing from poet and filmmaker B. Manzini and an audience with the great Richard Dreyfus. 
On next week's Kermit on Film podcast, we dip back into my ongoing 2001 Films You Must See Before You Die series. For that podcast, it's going to be Slade in Flame. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, remember to subscribe, and keep watching the skies. Thank you.